Yo, 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 yo. Joburg. Welcome, everyone, to episode 277 of G.I. Joburg. My name is Steve, and I'm joined by Rob. Oh, well, of course. I mean, if, if, you, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you'd already have known that. But our podcast listeners, we're both here together in the same space as we're about to explode and explore world enemy number one. Explode and explore. <sighs> but of course, it's not just the two of us yammering away about Battle Action Force. We brought in an expert. Those of you who are on the Berg Force might know him by his code name, Railroad. He goes by the name Darren as well. And we've had him on before, but never in this capacity. We're talking about comics, particularly the Battle Action Force comics, of which I'd say he is an expert. So what better time to call upon Mr. Railroad than tonight? Hello, Darren. Welcome to the party, Betty. Morning, all. <laughs> expert. Expert, hey? Well, yeah, no. it's a party for no us, pressure. but uh, it's 7 a.m. for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. now you know how Stephen felt whenever um, we were recorded this time in South Africa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I, same I time for the, the, the Sappers, but anyway. uh, for the... <laughs> yeah, and those were the true. days, Darren, my man. Those were the days. For those of you scratching your heads, Darren is in the future. Yes, oh. ladies and gentlemen, he's in Australia, all the way on the East Coast as well, which means that he is nine hours from us, or thereabouts, eight hours, yep. seven hours, I don't know, whatever it is. You've got daylight... <laughs> Daylight savings is switched off, isn't it? So you are, yeah, you are in the far-flung future. 24 hours ahead of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's Monday like, bro? Oh, well, it's wet. Uh, and the lottery numbers are, oh, wait, no, better not. Really? <laughs> oh, no, I don't share that. Sports almanac. Oh, man. <laughs> Just give me a peek, a little peek. Speaking oh, of, um, comes you're not a rugby cover. fan by any chance, but... Uh, Oh, really? hey. Amazing. Yes. They had those in the, the late 80s. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, I was going to say that both our teams won over the weekend. Australia beat yes. Wales and South Africa beat England. So we're, we're, we're all sitting pretty tonight. Yeah. Today, whatever. Sport, boring. Oh, sport ball. <laughs> now, Darren, we have had you on the show before, but we've not been... Uh, one-on-one or two-on-one, as it were. So I think by way of introduction, the standard G.I. Joburg identikit must apply. We need to get out of you your favorite G.I. Joe and Cobra action figures and vehicles. However, given the, I suppose, the subject matter, should we delve into Action Force? Talk about your favorite vehicles and figures from the five points of articulation Halitoy Classics? Well, yeah, um, I can do both if you've really got plenty of time on your hands. <laughs> Whoa, Buddy, take it away and talk toys. Let's do it. People are wanting to listen to us talk about paper, but no, no, no. We always lead the charge with the plastic. <laughs> so, well, with G.I. Joe, it's on the Joe side, it's always going to be Bullhorn. I just love that figure from the moment I first saw it. The collapsible rifle was cool, and the uh, megaphone that's actually a gas gun disguised as a megaphone. Uh, on the Cobra side, I'm going to have to go with the original yeah, Iron Grenadier. Disguised as a megaphone? Yeah, what? it's a gas gun. Bullhorn's... How? His megaphone, it's, you look at it, it's written that it's a gas gun. 
No way. I never looked that up. I feel ridiculous after I own that figure. So I assume that's on the card information, like on the I'll side of the did. card. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. News to me, man. Double check that. <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't come with any other things resembling a weapon. So yes, the bullhorn. He's got his big. He's got hey, the huge rifle too. Mm. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's got the huge rifle. He's got a bullpup assault rifle. Yep. And then he's got the megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose out, out of those gasser. three. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Though you can shoot like, um, uh, I suppose like grenades, you know, on on, on the on the end of a rifle. But it looks so much yeah. cooler when you're doing it with your bullhorn. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Bullhorn, aka gas man. Cool. Awesome. Which but is part of why it was always not. Yeah. See, if you have a look on the actual site, it mentions the fact that the bullhorn is actually a gas gun. Right. Okay, so, so that's your modern. G.I. Joe yep. figure. How about your vintage Action Force figure? Let's mix it up. Uh, I'm going to have to say it's always going to be Mr. Campbell, the leader of Zed Force himself, Skip. Very good. Skip Campbell. Now, he had the red beret. Yep. Um, he was dolled up in that green with the black camo over. Nice. Came with the most amazingly detailed rifle. Yes, the, the SL. Uh, Love that. That's a, what is it, an NFL? The Belgian uh, gun, yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, I think the Action Force weapons were excellent weapons. I, I you know, they did a lot of duty with my G.I. Joes as well because the rifles and that in them were beautifully detailed. And very fine. Like, the scaling was so good the figures struggled to hold, hold them because you know yeah. the, the handles were not very big and their grips were you know the, the figures hands were not rigid yeah, well so very loose the, grip did you use um blue tack to keep them in place yeah yeah the blue tack used to little little dobs of blue tack used to save the day it was the same um similar Always. time they released the a-team figures and they had also really detailed, but really yes. thin and small rifles. Which were also a lot of fun. Yeah, lovely to look at, but man, they must have gotten lost very, very quickly. Okay, give us a baddie. Let's do Cobra. Well, that's going to be a big obvious one. It's going to be the original Iron Grenadier Trooper. Hashtag Team Iron Grenadier. Excellent. <laughs> hey. Represent, brother. It, it it was just an awesome looking troop. The black uniform, the red mask. You know, it had a sword. Mm. You put him with part Vader, part steampunk. Yep. Yeah, man. Very cool. Very very cool. But, uh, now, I think it was the first uh, one I managed to unveil with Team Viper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got a handsome number of uh, IGs myself these days. I think I'm up to three vintage ones, maybe four. Okay, I've got a fourth with the, the wrong arms, but ah. you know, whatever. They're, they're black, so they're pretty consistent, I guess. Um, okay, do you have any O-ring IGs to hand still? 
Will they disappear? Uh, not to hand, but they are in a box. I'm down at my parents' place. Because <sighs> I don't currently have room for them oh, here. Nice. I know the feeling, man. Any chance <laughs> of you... Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's space. space is a concern. Yeah. But yes, a good one. by my collection. I'm like, oh, man, this stuff, I'm seeing the light of day. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's awkward. It's a curse man. and a blessing. Absolutely. To have a, a big collection and not have it currently with you means that it's kind of really, really squashed into ill-fitting spaces. Mm. Mm. Yes, much cardboard boxes. <laughs> Let's do a, a, a Red Shadows baddie. Or, I don't know, were there other baddies? There weren't any other factions in the classic Pally toy line. Were nah. there baddie factions, at least? But, I mean, Red Laser was awesome. Um, he was one of two okay, well. figures that were not just okay. my POA that I had. Because I had him, and then I had Quarrel. And both of them were actually reproed. G.I. Joe's. So technically, they were the first G.I. Joe's I've ever had. But unique characters. It wasn't just Scarlet in green and black because you know that's that's what the figure was. No, they 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 changed her nationality. They changed her speciality. They changed her assortment. I mean, she came with the Ram. Um, yeah. Ditto with Red Laser. He might have looked like a red painted or red plastic version of Cobra Commander, but he came with the, was it the laser, laser. eliminator? What a laser badass hmm? Yes. Okay, but I mean, for anyone listening, the, the, the laser hey. destroyer. So yeah, for anyone listening, it was basically a red hell, <laughs> which is sublime, of course. Which means <laughs> with a name like laser destroyer, you know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it it gets towed fast. It goes downhills yeah. fast. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that just leaves us with. Well, no, it doesn't leave us with. I mean, we need to talk about vehicles from all the factions. So rattle off your four, your Red Shadows, your Action Force, your GI Joe, and your Cobra. Whew, well, full house. Starting with the shadows, it's going to have to be the Shadow Track. I had two mm. of those. And they were gorgeous, apart from the fact that the guns faced backwards, which was kind of annoying, but still amazing vehicle. Um, for Action Force, it will be the Ram, because a bike with a giant machine gun on the side, you can't go wrong with. And Quarrel, you can't mm. go wrong with. Uh, yeah, good. <laughs> Also being said, though, the uh, original troop transport was probably right up there as well because it just was awesome. It really well detailed and it was cool. We're talking about uh, the ATC, right? Yes, the ATC as opposed to the APC. Hmm. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, that was an interesting rabbit hole when I first discovered that the Action Force APC had a different name and was even sculpted differently. Yeah, with like a medical bay and a turret that could be manned. Yeah, that's so brilliant. Cool. 
Well, it I needed a medical bay because in Action Force, as opposed to G.I. Joe, people actually got injured. I would dispute that, Darren. <laughs> I think people just got dead. <laughs> <laughs> there were no casualties. There were only deaths. Like, it was a ruthless, ruthless book. High body it, count. And high body count on both sides. Not just the baddies yeah. being disposable. You had plenty no. of cannon fodder on the good guys' side as well. That's true. That's true. Um, now, Joe and Cobra vehicles. Hmm. Let's see. I love the vamp. It's just... It's always, it's a classic. It's brilliant, um, and I'm nice. tempted to say that tempted to say the um, stinger, because funnily enough, it's like the vamp. But I'd have to say the ferret. <laughs> ferret would probably have to beat that one. Cool. Just. Yeah, man. Love me some rubber tires. Yeah. But and, I want to circle off, back to the shadow pack fight. because this is a vehicle that I've never had any dealing with whatsoever. Like Gorgeous. it's. It's it's the AF five, so it's a flying yeah. It's a flying triangle or rectangle, depending on which is a facet you're looking at. Um, it seats one guy facing forward and one guy manning the gun facing back. It deploys wings out of the sides, I suppose, mask style, and it's got six wheels. Like it's bizarre, but. Yeah you had an affinity for it like explain because most people bang on about the robo skull but you like <laughs> the shadow track yeah um and there's something about it i mean the atv type thing having six wheels it's off-road it can go anywhere uh also the fact that you know it was a lot easier to play with than the robo skull robo skull you're flying around blah blah you can have well i did have two Shadow tracks racing around through the grounds, being chased by um, the ram or mm. what else at the time. So it was more playable for me. Yeah, you could chase each other around. You could nice. Whereas a, the debt. a rubber skull is an aircraft and just an aircraft swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. And you could pile more shadows into it. <laughs> I assume the shadow track had rubber tires. Uh, yeah. Okay. I assume it had rubber tires, Darren? Yeah. Amazing. The ones I did. Yeah, the ones no, that, I did, that did. Puts everything on a, a plateau. Right. Oh, was there some variation? I do believe there was a variation that had plastic wheels as well. Because I've heard people talk about plastic wheels, but oh, no. mine Gross. had rubber wheels. Good. Yeah, man. It's just so nice to be carefree about these things just rolling through the dirt and the mud without, you know, plastic scratches, plastic scuffs, and it sounds the same kind of traction. Squeaky, but yeah, squeaky, no, squeaky. Me, I love me some rubber tires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, metal axles, of course. Outstanding, man. Um, now, this, ironically, this recording comes on the back of the recently released issue 300 of the idw well it's the oh. continuation of the marvel run but it is the gi joe comic by larry harmer i know you've read it as of today <laughs> i've read it as well without getting into spoilers because we don't want to focus on that um 
what oh no was that's a time for towards a... the wrap-up well <laughs> that's a time for another chat it's a chat for yeah. another time that, that, that's like okay a whole so show. so we can't we can't even broke the topic very good no i know oh. that i will that's a whole that's a series of shows it's a three part but then you can't leave the audience hanging like that Dan. you gotta give us no. some idea of your impression at least is it positive or negative it's leaning towards positive come on give us something it's leaning towards positive it's okay mm. oh oh well then <laughs> then why 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 is your view so controversial because it's complicated okay it requires because an entire I'll... devoted episode Absolutely. very good very good we're gonna get you back to 82 or something the the whole reason it's complicated is because of when redacted happens and then the bit where they talk about redacted happening and then the really bit at the end when redacted 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 <laughs> so yes and right. until good. until good, we good. Talk about i, it, I appreciate uh, avoiding all spoilers <laughs> So, yes, until we can talk about it safely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Right, well then, I think it's time we delve into the topic for tonight's episode. World Enemy Number One. This is a 1985 story arc from Battle Action Force. And I did put together a little bit of a summary. You guys can... I don't know, critique it if you want, but uh, here we go. <laughs> it was written by Jerry Day, and John Cooper was on the art duties, and my summary goes a little something like this. Baron Ironblood sends his red shadows to all four corners of the world to take hostages and extort ransom money from nations. The money is paid, but he has the shadows blow themselves up anyway with the hostages. All this heat makes Iron Blood's makes Iron Blood world enemy number one, and the world gangs up on the Red Shadows. This is all part of an elaborate scheme for Iron Blood to shed the Red Shadows, have them hunted and eliminated to the last man, while he assumes a new guise and starts his terror campaign afresh as Cobra Commander. Ooh. He begins recruiting his forces and assembling his leadership. Now, I know I missed out some plot beats, but basically that's what this is. It is the transitionary tale of Cobra Commander emerging from the ashes of Doc Dr. Ironblood, Baron Ironblood, <laughs> <laughs> Baron Ironblood and the Red Shadows. Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that is it in a nutshell. Hmm. Yeah. Now, what it... is your affinity to this, this particular arc? What did it for you, Darren? Well, uh, you got to put it in the context. You go back to 1985, so 37 years ago. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, up until then, I had been collecting battle action or action force figures. I had the 5POA action force figures. I had Star Wars figures. That was it. They were my battlefield. I actually used to use Hoth troopers as um, what I called Snow Force which was like Z-Force, mm. SAS. And that was all cool. I had. And then 
outcomes early, if I remember rightly, it was February. No, it was January. I went down to the comic store, picked up the latest issue, started reading this story. And here are all the characters I've got, the Red Shadows and that, getting killed off. And I'm uh. like, what's going on? What's going on? What's happening here? And it it's funny because it sort of coincided they did well. It coincided with G.I. Joe toys starting to appear in Australia. So all of a sudden I'm reading this book. I've been reading this comic for years and they slowly introduced me into the toys almost about the same time as the toys started hitting the pegs. So it was a perfect storm when you put it that way. Uh, then the rest, as they say, was history. Did you embrace the new toys wholeheartedly or did you feel like, no, I wanted more red shadows? Where are my red shadows? I, I, was in, I embraced the new ones, but I never let go of the old ones. Mm. Um, I've always kept uh, in all my canon and stuff like that, when Iron Blood went underground, I've had that the Black Major which actually turned up in one of the comics later on, that the Black Major went oh, underground yes. himself and took control of the shadows. So my shadows stayed in and, um, playability. It was just now under the Black Major's command. Uh, I retired my Ironblood figure. And, <sighs> you know, I had Cobra Commander coming up. And then there was a third faction. Well, actually, there was a fourth faction because G.I. Joe became basically an American force helping Action Force because I had more Action Force figures than G.I. Joe figures. So they were the sort of interlopers helping out as opposed to being the mm. main force for quite some time. The story serves to introduce a number of like key players. Um, Painfully few from the G.I. Joe side of the thing. I mean, this is very much a, a focus on the villains. And to that end, we see the Cobra Commander persona emerge from Baron Iron Blood, which is interesting. I suppose we'll get into it. But, you know, he, he starts speaking differently. He's undergone some kind of procedure that makes him immune to serpent venom. <laughs> so he's really yeah. kind of adopted this this new persona and gone to extreme lengths to kind of become a different man. But he kind of takes uh, Destro with him, essentially, as a lackey. Um, Red Jackal, Destro's exactly previous guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. Look, I mean, this is the, the plot point that I, I, I squarely skipped out on because I wanted to discuss it with you guys. Um, in Action Force continuity, there was no Destro. He was a Russian driver who got horrifically mangled and then is imbued with bionic hands and a head, thank courtesy of Baron Ironblood. Um, and then, along with the Red Shadows, is going to be kind of abandoned and eliminated. But he survives and tracks down Baron Ironblood slash Cobra Commander and, I suppose, wants to kill him. And then they form this uneasy alliance because in the process of tracking down Cobra Commander, Red Jackal has managed to get the access codes to all of Baron Ironblood's money. Yeah, 
it was an interesting way of bringing the character because I assume, well, Destro had already been set up as the sort of weapon supplier for Cobra through mm-hmm. his. So in this one, what they did is by having him track him down by his um, accountants, he did the exact same. He came straight into being the exact same job in that he was the one that held all of Cobra Commander's money now. So he supplied the weapons to Cobra. He supplied the new uniforms to Cobra. So it was their way of <laughs> explaining By how come he is. Strings. Yeah, he was basically, you want to rule the world? Okay, I'll lend you some money today. Off you go and buy some tanks. Uh, and I'll try and kill you in the morning. Where things get interesting for me is the collateral that Cobra Commander holds over Red Jackal slash Destro is that he keeps a snake <laughs> under a straw hat <laughs> on yep. Destro's head. Yep. So if Destro ever tries to double cross the commander, this snake will... will... It'll know to bite him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How does that work? Look, I will never be able to forget the image of Destro with a, a, a straw hat on his head, hunkered down, eating some rice. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and the fact that he then kills the snake but carries it around under his head, hat anyway. <laughs> Just to because otherwise Cobra Commander would know that the hat was maybe sitting a little lower because there wasn't a snake underneath it. Yeah, there's no snake in it. <laughs> and then oh, you know, he goes, but Cobra Commander, I have found the one snake you're not immune to and tries to kill him again. Yeah. But I like and, that antagonism between Distro and and Cobra Commander. It's like from the very offset, they really they aren't friends, but they're working no. together nonetheless. They're literally trying to kill each other. It's look, it's not the most sophisticated kind of relationship, but it does, I guess, fit the tone of this whole thing because man oh man, Darren, this is a brisk read. Mm. Yeah. It 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 moves extremely quickly. Like the red shadows are dispatched all around the world. And I love the fact that Action Force, because Iron Blood and the Red Shadows are enemy number one, world enemy number one. They enlist the aid of nations that would not necessarily be allies. Yeah. So at one point, they the SAS are doing a paradrum jump with like Russian paratroopers. Well, you, yeah, yeah, USSR. Amazing, yeah, yeah. in the height of yeah. the Cold War. Um, there's a, a sequence with the Q force using um, Japanese Marines, but I suppose in the 80s. You know, the Japanese were were the pals of the West anyway. So, but just this lovely uh, appreciation of like action force are all all too keen to enlist the aid of foreign nations' armies. Well, bring... I mean that was one one of the things that sort of came through with the original with the Battle Action Force series. Action Force itself was a small team, and they'd go mm-hmm. to whatever country they had to fight the Red Shadows in, and they'd get locals. Uh, Operation Bloodhound, when they're in South America, they use a lot of the local military forces to supplement the SAS and the Z Force troops because they're a small team. They're like the elite core, the leadership, but they use well. Local- look, cynically, it's it's once again so the good guys can have cannon fodder. It's like, well, yeah, that's true too. But it looks good. We want to show casualties on both sides. Make sure they're not the, 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 the all-important toys that the kids are buying. Make sure they're sort of local militia and armies that, uh, you know, just dime a dozen. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but as you mentioned, the fact that it sort of happens at breakneck speed, um, this was when uh, the Palatoy stuff was really being wound up. They had to move the comic along uh, because, you know, that comic toy, comic toy supporting each other, it would not have worked if they'd kept this story going along without the toys supporting it and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, so they had to like very quickly shoe on in all of the new Cobra, like the Cobra organization itself, the the hierarchy of Cobra, um, it feels, it's very quick. Like it feels very fast. Cause I mean, it's, I think it's like four issues and it's came out weekly. So I imagine by the end of one month, suddenly you, you've shifted from the Red Shadows to it being Cobra. Yeah. And, and you know, you've all of a sudden got Major Blood, you've got Storm Shadow, you've got Firefly, you know, mm. who are these guys? Oh, right, he's an ex-Foreign Legion guy from Australia who shoots his own troops a lot. Uh, he's a <laughs> Japanese criminal slash ninja, you know, Firefly. Yeah, he's on the run, he can't stay in he's Japan anymore. They won't yeah. even help him anymore. Yeah, no, and those no just great kind ninja of clan. That those are the high flyers and high profile Cobra members that Destro is able to recruit. But what I'm delighted to see is that um, he sends a, a message to the sort of the the underbelly of the world to, to basically call for recruits to to come to the Cobra Temple and 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 I suppose join this organization. Of course, Cobra Commanders lace the whole place with booby traps and venomous snakes, so only the fittest survive. But one of the groups that are quite keen to join up with Cobra or a bunch of South Africans. <laughs> hey, well, Southern Africa. So they oh, could have yeah, been from, uh, yeah. whatever they called at the time, Rhodesia. They're white guys in Southern <laughs> Africa. They're, yeah, they're ex-Defense <laughs> Force guys, recce's and troopies and, you know, un unsavory soldiers, let's say, yeah, in the world's eyes. That's see, a lot of fun. See, this is it. This is where we all have our um, connection south africans australians we're all evidently the ones that joined cobra we are the criminals yeah though i'm gonna need <laughs> you to translate at least two of uh, major blood's colloquialisms darren oh dear at one point he he calls someone a cobber what is yep. a cobber okay. uh that is a is your mate uh a friend it's yeah it's a very generic way to go oh he's a good guy he's a cobber or okay. someone i don't necessarily know but he'll, he's using that just because he doesn't know who they are and doesn't have a name for them. So it's, hey, you. Hey, Cobber. Right. Hey, Cobber. Uh, and then Bonza? B-O-N-Z-E-R? Yep. Bonza is something that's good, terrific, wonderful. It's great. It's Bonza. It's Bonza. You know, I, I mean, that just goes I, to the depth of Aussie colloquialisms. I might have spent two and a half years <laughs> in your country, and I'd never heard those two before. But well, obvi well, obviously, you the... didn't do something that was Bonza, did you? Yeah, you never Bloody did anything hell. good while you were there. <laughs> but what that also speaks to is the is the level of research and um, kind of forethought that the writer and the I mean, the entire obviously like editorial team has when they we crafted these stories. I mean, there's a lot of forethought that goes Mate, into. They were writing in the UK. You can't go I'm... to a local pub without no, bumping no, into sure, Australian... No, okay, but like, it feels like there really is a lot of thought going into like, how do we, the best way possible, believably make this transition from Red Shadows to Cobra, 
And I mean, it, those are the small little details and those are actual words that, that Australians really do use. Indeed. And the use of troops, um, you know, from certain parts of the world where there were mercenaries, Southern Africa, um, you know, Japan was another place that they were trying to get people from. Yeah, but did you notice like the, the criminal underworld of Japan? They're like, like yeah, forget about it. <laughs> we're too cool. <laughs> Uh, I mean, hell, they introduce, well, not introduce, but Major Blood, you, you come across him later on, sitting there singing Waltzing Matilda on a bank. Yes. Yeah. Don't you always I mean, just do that? Like, apparently that's just a thing. break into Waltzing uh, Matilda spontaneously? It, it's a secret. We're not supposed to let that out. I mean, oh, some, no. someone must have said, talked way back then. And now the, the they are one, no more. <laughs> You talk about the training of the the red uh, the Cobra troops. It's a good callback. Uh, there was an issue back in 1983, which is literally an entire uh, the entire story arc is a group of Red Shadows going through booby traps to join um, Baron Ironblood, and mm -hmm. they start with like 50 and seven survive. So uh, it was nice that they kept that. Like this is a thing that's. You, uh, they talk about how much Cobra Commander changed. He still had certain things that didn't change. Mm. That he, you know, they get their troops via attrition. I don't know how they keep their morale up. I mean, look, it, it made it sound like these are being recruited as mercenaries. Then surely their only motivation is to lie in their pockets. They don't want to stick their necks out as far as that. Like what? I don't know. We can't really talk about ideology because this is a kid's cartoon and these are toys. And But, you know, to have these fanatical bad guys that come from no nation in particular to all align so strongly that they're going to face almost imminent death every day because their leader is a madman who would just dispatch them like, yeah, I don't know. Who are these people? not really well, a question you can ask, I guess. They do mention, I think a couple of times, one or two of the troops talk about the fact, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the promise of so much money or, you know, it mm. was all mm. the greed. You know, if we get through this, we're going to be set up for life. Oh, well, one less that's going to get some of that money. That's more money for me. Right. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about this all too hard. I mean, like, really, there, <laughs> there, are, there are plenty of gung-ho guns out there just wanting to um yeah. i don't know cause a ruckus and, get paid and move on and that uniform was so cool who doesn't want to wear that sexy blue uniform blue uniform yeah exactly the color of venom taking yes. hold i think cobra commander says at that's one point. what he calls it yeah that's the one i do love that bit there yes we're all going to sit and have dinner surrounded by cobras they just hang out with us now well, that is Cobra Commander's collateral. Or mind you, at yeah. that point, he kind of immunized his inner circle against the Venom. But, like, he keeps the Cobras crawling around his base so that if anyone steps out of line... I mean, surely he must have some kind of mental control over them then. To have a, a wild animal do your bidding. Yeah, I mean, they, nev they never say anything, but at least in the Action Force side before it became G.I. Joe proper, you often see Cobra Commander with a bunch of live Cobras just hanging out. So mm. he did have that more affinity with 
snakes as opposed to now he's cobra commander and he wears a uniform and he's got cobra logos but you don't see a whole heap of snakes just sitting at his coffee table you know so much more exciting than a used car salesman right (laughs) yes very much so and i like that they that they really do put the focus on re um recontextualizing the threat that the 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 counter-terrorist units have to face that's why you do take your time a month's worth of stories you know at least one story to actually really set these guys up and be like this is the toughest enemies that they have ever faced um even more tougher than any organization that you know the the baron has set up before um and then i suppose i mean i imagine that the following stories will be the the setup of action force and but there is a little bit of it in here where they are starting to get help from America. Yep. And I suppose as you go along, it, the American help becomes more uh, more major pronounced. You know, in there. Pronounced, yes. <laughs> you said major. A, it's major flag. That's this, right. Major flag. It's a precursor to admiral flag. No, what am I saying? General flag. General. Yeah, General flag. Sorry. I'm thinking of Keelhaul for some reason. <laughs> I suppose the fact that he's in a SR-71 Blackbird and is posited as the pilot of this. He's, you know, he's a he's a major. He's a spy. Um, yeah, he's so, on his yeah, way to becoming also, General Flag. It's also the 1980s, um, and it's a British comic. We all thought that Americans flew around in SR-71s as <laughs> transport aircraft back then. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Well, it certainly, uh, I don't know, beats out any other kind of aircraft. You're not likely to, to find a foster way around the planet. I mean, look at the movie Daryl. The kid steals an SR-71. I mean, yeah. Wish for moment, <laughs> I love how they've got like a, a, a chant that yeah. Cobra seems to be doing, which I think has never surfaced ever again. But literally, they're saying, Cobra, Cobra, strike like the Cobra, 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 strike like the Cobra. You can just imagine them going through their like martial arts drills <laughs> while chanting this. Top of their lungs. Amazing. Yeah, building up their esprit de corps. Mm. Which, I mean, also kind of speaks to the, I mean, the other motives that they might have. Yes, it might initially have been money and showed that would pull them through to getting to the temple. But I mean, after surviving those grueling tests, I mean, that probably breaks you down to a certain degree as well. And now you are as fanatical as you need you to be. Yeah. Yeah, you've got those people that obviously they're highly motivated because they've made it to there. Now you indoctrinate them and officially you've got really good troops. Somehow G.I. Joe, armored by plot, keeps beating them, but they are really (laughs) good troops. Yeah, man. Uh, and, you know, there's so many, like, again, it is very much of the time. You look at Major Blood with his wonderful, casual 1980s racism. It's great. Yes, that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's not the only one. But, yes, absolutely. It's 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 not even an eyelid battered at the, the kind of uh, vernacular that gets dropped. Evidently, that was just mm. what we all Australians were like back then. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> I mean, they played up stereotypes so much. Um, I, a lot of people, characters were almost caricatures of the stereotypes. Mm. 
But that also helps, I mean, establish them easier in your mind because yeah. you can kind of like, you connect them with, with, with other versions. Yeah, it makes it so much easier for them to be a real person for you. And I mean, it, yeah, as Stephen said, a breakneck pace. Like we start with, you know, the shadows and we end with Cobra, fully established. And it doesn't yeah. seek to do anything else story-wise other than that, mm. just to bridge this gap, which to serve as an introduction of the new characters and this is the new regime moving forward. They don't attempt uh, to really kind of stage a major plot. I think there were some attacks on like oil fields, but for the most part, oh, and uh, ah, the new saboteur, Firefly, succeeds in blowing up major flags sr-71 while it's parked on the ground almost killing the major almost. but apart from that this is very much just a, a kind of a line in the sand between the past and now and and doesn't want to serve to do anything beyond that so i mean if you're looking for a a, a conclusive story this isn't that mm. and yet yeah. this is the one that that you were itching to talk about darren well i mean was it mind-blowing or was it just uh, kind of oh did, did you get what was going on did you understand the i suppose the 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 practicalities of it that this is a break from an old toy line into a new or was it just like mm, i'm gonna lap this story up see where this goes <laughs> well as you said earlier because it was coming out weekly they could afford to throw it at you so quickly i mean in a way it's one issue of a monthly comic it's one way of looking at it instead of being all that story together call it one issue of a monthly comic uh, but mm. where where it fits or why it always sits so important is it to me it is the turning point for me 1985 i went from collecting star wars and action force and stuff like that to pivoting almost entirely and completely over to collecting gi joe so that is the genus or the genesis of my gi joe collection hmm. nice and i can kind of believe it as an origin story for cobra um because it, it really it feels it feels also feels more real than like just like oh by the way here's you know destro and the baroness and and you know they're they're, they're this, this kind of fumbly um you know terrorist organization this could be like an actual origin for for Cobra that we know, but more like brutal. Yeah. I mean, in I my head, Canon, it's always been the one that I've used. It mm. Whenever I played as a kid, anything like that, whenever I've written stories, that is the head canon. That's where they came from. G.I. Joe was an American force that was brought in to assist Action Force because of cobra hmm. mm. it has got an appeal definitely and it, it's kind of put me in a bit of a a bind i don't know what kind of canon i observe anymore mm. it's <laughs> it's tough to distinguish these things because i i didn't have a kind of a geographical bent like i didn't grow up with the cartoon and i didn't grow up with too many of the original comic books and to be perfectly honest, if you took the Pally toy, you know, the Z Force, Q Force, Space Force, and SAS guys to be this separate and distinct force as they were, then there's absolutely nothing stopping you from G.I. Joe continuity and original Action Force continuity 
hanging together uh, quite neatly. They both had separate pursuits and separate enemies. And then when the Red Shadows were eliminated in this very story, World Enemy Number One, then their objectives aligned. So yeah, absolutely, Aaron. I I, I see credits to to the way you view these things. And personally, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure every single person from the UK and now Australia who grew up with Battle Action Force probably share your view. I don't think there, anyone would like just turf out all that continuity in favor of the um the you know the the, the marvel U- us continuity yeah i mean the the marvel us continuity is great and i love the storylines but it was like i have all these other established characters that i know and love as well and i'm not going to you know sacrifice them or marginalize them because new ones have replaced them they've just joined them mm. and and it was cool too because i mean they did work well to get the toys worked well together the stories worked well you have cobra troopers fighting at one stage there uh call it mid to late 80s you should have seen it i had um the gi joe and the action force working together but at any one time they were up against uh the black marshal and his red shadows cobra commander and the cobra forces and then of course destro and the iron grenadiers so so many different forces to fight each other yeah man i think having more than one antagonist just makes for such an interesting uh plot line narrative you know there, there could be deals struck uniting against a common enemy Good times for all. We do have some comments from the Berg Force I'd like to address. Uh, Outback Stu, greetings Outback. Cobra would have no problems recu- recruiting from where I grew up. Man, <laughs> rough, rough part of town. Um, and Stu also says that he's mixed between the comic and cartoon. He has his own canon, however. Um, most of how I played took place after the war was over. The Joes won. Or did they? Oh, man. Stu, we need to get you back on the show, man, because I have had some inklings of this canon, and it's it's terrific. Um, you had me really on, on tenterhooks when you said that Crankcase is Outback's dad. Awesome. If I'm <laughs> remembering correctly, it's cool. so cool to have like this familial connection between Joes because that's something that we didn't actually have. There wasn't this um, line of... Unless... Like Joe Colton side one of the GI Joes that I'm not aware of. It's possible. Who knows? Who knows? Several yeah, of them. Yeah. I think. I think it. I mean, <laughs> it makes it more complicated and a rich, um, like space to play in with, with this continuity of Action Force. We have Action Force kind of like, yes, GI Joe existed somewhere else, but they were fighting their own things in America, you know, for American interests. But then, you know, the new UN needed them to come on board to fight. Um, Baron Ironblood, who'd become Cobra Commander, it does become like a more richer and interesting place to play in and for stories to come out of. I, I, I mean, I started reading the Action Force, the Battle Action Force comic books, but this makes me actually want to like properly read them. I keep going. It's pretty it's rewarding. It. Mm. I mean, as, as Steve said, it's violent, but fine. Like, 
<laughs> the, the art makes it just a sublime read. Anyone scratching their heads, knowing, uh, wanting to know where they can find these, well, the link is in the description to this particular story oh, arc. But bloodforthebaron.com is a free resource, and it is pretty damn comprehensive. Uh, if you can get past the rather chintzy reader. <laughs> but look, it's all there, and it's all free at your fingertips. So use that resource. Get acquainted with the bl bloodthirsty uh, action force approach. I mean, all these guys were, what are they, 2000 AD writers? Or even before that, they were kind of war books writers. Like, they wrote those oh. black and white um, yeah. World War II, World War I uh, digests. So well, they were also accustomed to like disposable good guys, bad guys yeah. and good guys. Mm. A lot of them came from a comic called Action, which uh, nice. was a late seventies comic, uh, which is kind of infamous. Uh, three episodes in, they banned it and made them rewrite the stories because they were too violent. Hmm. There's there's an interesting thing called about action. It's called Action, the world's most violent comic or something. And it's a very <laughs> good read if you get a chance. I take it there was no comics code in play in the United Kingdom. <laughs> well, by fact there was because they got three oh. episodes in or issues in and they stopped it. They said no more. Tone down these stories, or you're. Wow out you, you mean you know like the enemy forces killing themselves is toned down yes whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah there, there's a um going completely off topic with action in the first comics there was a comic a run story called hook jaw and it was literally about a shark ripping people to pieces <laughs> That's the awesome. plot. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, the people killing themselves and that, that was toned down. <laughs> That's wild. But I mean, it, it really does at least, it speaks to the fanaticism that he, he his method of, of training his troops does instill. And, and he carried that forward. Um, you know, he changed his name, but he did carry the forward into Cobra. It's funny, wow. it's like when you read the, I read the Marvel comics and I, I, part of the back of my mind's always going, wow, this is really safe and really, you know, no one's getting really hurt. No, oh, that's lucky. And when <laughs> they got to the, got to the benzene arc and Joe's mm. actually died, I'm like, oh, ooh, yay. And finally, <laughs> it's real. Finally killed the good guys. They're carrying oh. guns that actually do things now. Amazing. <laughs> it's a fine line to be drawn. I mean, our scribe of choice, Mr. Larry Harmer, always uh, believed that, you know, to have a, a war comic without any death was morally bankrupt. You know, it would have no consequences, though <laughs> characters of his have no trouble being resurrected from the dead. So yeah, I don't know no, what no, kind of no, consequence no, no, death no, no, is no. anymore. Uh, redacted, <laughs> redacted, 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 redacted. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the, the battle action force guys who die stay dead. See, and because that's the thing uh, with the cartoon, the Jojo cartoon, because it was a cartoon as opposed to a comic, 
the fact that they shot lasers at each other and everyone parachuted out was fine in my mm. the way I'd grown up. In a cartoon, everyone survives. In a comic book, yeah. no, they don't. So, True. yeah, that was where, again, the the Harmer Marvel was just not quite perfect. If they had that sense of real danger or real risk, it would have been just a couple of notches higher. Hmm. Kill someone's favorite action figure on average one per issue. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean the the cartoon. I mean, if the cartoon cartoon could have been more adult, I mean, they definitely had a good turnover of characters. There was no explanation ever given as to like why later in the cartoon series you didn't see the characters you used to see. No, they you can were, assume they all did. They they wound up in the Worlds Without End <laughs> alternate reality. <laughs> and they made beautiful children with the Baroness. <laughs> <laughs> they're on a different level of the pit in the secretarial pool. Yeah, they're just all sitting down there. They're too old to like keep fighting, I guess. Well, they did that in the comic book even. I mean, like all the OG 13, save for a That's few. Right. Oh, oh, there you go. No. See? <laughs> As, as uh, Outback Stu says in the comments, heroes never die. But I would add to that, yeah, they just get desk jobs and <laughs> put their feet up. <laughs> yeah, give them a hero send off. I mean, really, I can't, I can't yeah. accept that. I can't imagine like Flint or like, uh, you know, like Stalker sitting at a desk somewhere. Like, can't he just go spend time with his family now? He's, you know, he's served. I mean, that's well, the, thing. the question that I've always wanted to ask: like, do any of the Joes have family? They're a little too devoted to the cause. They're all A-types. They're all just <laughs> gung-ho, man. Oh, gung-ho might actually have a family. I could see him having family. He could have a family. I can. I mean, he's got an well, extended family, I, brothers and sisters. I would say in gung-ho's case, it's a kind of family that he wanted to run away from. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, there was that cartoon episode. Was it Was it Captives of Cobra? Was gung-ho one of them? Oh, I'm hazy on the comic, uh, the cartoon, but yeah, like, yeah, probably he's just like Gambit. He's got this kind of bunch of. It's an extended family just sitting out there in the, in the bayous, in the swamps, you know, making the occasion food. <laughs> Our cousin is a gator. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, do you want to uh, segue us into another section of our chat? Uh, I'd love to know if you got any new shit kicking around. You recently had a birthday, didn't you? I Happy did recently birthday, have a birthday. Thank you. To you. <laughs> did um, Santa birthday close? <laughs> Put anything in your stocking? <laughs> were you were you well, bon bon bonkers for Bonza? Bonza on your birthday? Was that Bonza? Was it Bonza? It it was fully Bonza, mate. Fully Bonza. Oh, we got it right. Yeah. Yeah, Bonza. Uh, well, apart from the fact that I did acquire, I got the new uh, Mandalorian Starfighter to go with my Mandalorian Razor Crest. Ah, oh, nice. Um, in Lego, yes. In Legos. Very good. But on the Joe front, I have confirmed, although they're still swimming here, uh, that I do have a Mindbender on the way of the classified variety. Uh, to go with my slowly growing army of bats, and yeah. I, I have I've got a Tiger Force Outback and a Tiger Force Duke with the Ram, mm, which is very which nice. Is also, but now that I've seen there's an actual original Outback, I'm like, 
I got the wrong one. Don't say so that. Gonna... Outback Stu has got his classified Tiger Force Outback ordered. <laughs> Wish me luck. Yeah. Good luck. Um, mine's on the way here too. So, hey. I, what is your source? Where are you purchasing them from? Or is it oh. a secret? I, I think I, I couldn't. Did I get that one from Dorkside? Um, it's usually about two or three different places I've got fingers in trying to find anything that's available that'll actually ship to Australia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And cost an arm and leg, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stephen, you should have helped everyone in Australia out by picking up all those extra toys in Singapore when you went through. That's right. Well, I don't know if I'm at liberty to say this, but uh, <laughs> I have one source that uh, says that all those surplus classified figures in Singapore will be finding their way to Australia. Oh. So stick around. You might be seeing them turn up at uh, Toy World. Toy World. Oh, your toy local mate. grocery store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that. So yes. Yeah, so toy I'm mate, that's mate. it. Bloody hell! Not toy. Wow. Yeah. It's Australian. It's oh, wait, mate. You, wait. I'm getting confused. South Africa has a toy kingdom. Australia has toy mate and toy world, but <laughs> yep. not Toys R Us. Boom. I think uh, it gets complicated. There are a couple of Toys R Us, but they never really spread out. They couldn't compete with Toy World hmm, or Toy Mate. Interesting. They managed to avoid closure. Bizarre. Well, it could be franchised out. I mean, we still have Toys R Us in South Africa. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, in the, in the East, uh, Toys R Us still dominates. Like, yeah, Hong Kong, China, um, Jakarta. Yeah, growing, up, growing up, it was always... Through the like eighties and nineties, we had two big chains, and one was Toy World, and the other one was Uncle Pete's Toys. Mm. They, were, they were Australian. Guess which wide. one went out of business? <laughs> yeah. Ran out of toys. Oh yeah, Damn. I think they were actually swallowed up. Uh, Uncle Pete's was swallowed up by Toy Mate, which is why uh... we now have the evil. To and Toy World and Toy, Toy Mate. Toy Mate is effectively Toys R Us. I mean, they have huge stores. Yeah, with the kind of the 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 the, the race track, basically where you take all the skateboards and scooters and stuff down, and you know, massive like playground equipment on sale. That's the kind of scale of operation that Toy Mate has. Mm. A little couple of aisles devoted to action figures, but mainly. Dollhouses and learning toys and baby crap. Rubbish. And, and, yeah, in some ca one case, it's literally a giant wall of pop vinyls. Maybe wow. 200, yeah. 300 or something. Just this wall. I'll never understand it, but <sighs> uh, to yeah. each their own, right? It's true. Yeah. I, mean, I really have the best ones. Um Oh, uh, yeah. But let's talk about something else that you've recently got, Rob. So you've got your hands on some classified figures, some more at least. I did. And and given them a solid Ooh. play test, what is your opinion on the Bat and the Alley Viper? I think they're fantastic figures. I mean, I, I can't stop saying it. The Bat it just feels like an upsized three and three quarter inch Bat. Yep. It, it feels very accurate to the original figure. Both of them do, really. Um they're really a lot of fun. I, I love how much equipment the Alley Viper comes with. It feels, it feels, they both feel authentic. Like they've really stepped up their game, like moving from the, you know, the original classified figures, which are like 
you know, sci-fi weirdos to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to actually like just, you know, just upsize the original figures and we will buy them. I like the fact with the bat, how you can actually replace either hand now. Mm, you don't have yes. to, it's, so you can have both, like one of mine's got the claw and the grenade launcher. Oh, yeah, it so. just makes sense to be able to do that. Some questions yeah. should never be asked, but I'm that kind of guy, so <laughs> what a troll. Um, if you have dual-wielding attachments, how do you replace them? <laughs> that's why you that's have a Dr. Right. Mindbender. Yeah, you see, that's why he needs his Dr. Mindbender. So you, but he equips them before they leave base, so he doesn't swap out the hands once he's out in the, in the field. You've just got to have a, a, a battle buddy, <laughs> a, a techno bat running around behind your battle android trooper, like assisting them with weapons changes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah, but doable. 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 They, they are mission specific. Yeah, exactly. You just send them out with the specific things on there. But Stephen, have you, have you received anything? Totally new? obvious. Um, uh, yes, Dan. <laughs> it was totally oh, obvious. Exactly. Dumbass. Come on, it makes sense. <laughs> Make us explain it. It is, with some irony, or not even, it is just a, a coincidence, a, a cosmic coincidence that we're talking to you tonight, Darren, and you are a token Aussie, because this weekend I went to a local toy store, probably like the biggest um, vintage toy market or, or, or single retailer in the country, um, and took Paul and Rob with me which was delightful to see how their faces lit up seeing all this this, this loot but uh, i had um i had found for myself a week prior a sky mate <laughs> oh yeah complete with his uh, his yellow Glider. bow and arrow, his, his yellow bow and his little pink boomerang <laughs> so i have that extremely hard to find peace at long last not that i ever felt i needed it like my life is not improved by having this ridiculous piece of expensive plastic <laughs> but i guess it's nice you know i can tick that box it's <laughs> it's anyone who does collect vintage gi joe knows how insanely difficult it is to find a complete skymate so i'm a happy yeah. boy and and as i say it lines up nicely with having an aussie on the show yeah so you yeah. got yourself a little pink boomer there you go oh, yeah bloody bonza that's what it is bloody bonza. Bonza. <laughs> like is there anything authentic on his uniform whatsoever <laughs> i was looking at it today and thinking like yeah, the moustache is maybe authentic. I've seen many a moustache on Australian men and yep. some ladies. Um, but he should have a mullet to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that could work. That would work. Why has he got this neat... Oh, I suppose it's got to be you military. It as, you have to sculpt it, as, sculpt it as well. Yeah, it would look weird because it would not be a separate rubber piece. It would just be like... This like stumpy thing that ends. I, I look. I, they I, should have tried though. They should have tried. You know, the writers of Action Force made an effort to find you know Australian yeah. colloquialisms. The, the toys yeah, and the, at least made him look like an Australian. Yeah, and the fact that it's Daniel T. Toner, it should have been Dazza. Oh well, there's ah. nothing stopping it from being Dazza. But you see, he doesn't have any other other Australians on the team to dub him with this nickname. Like. Oh. He would you guys are himself just, like that. 
you're, <laughs> you're incorrigible, man. Like you can't ever be your real name in Oz. You're a, a sort of a, a nickname that's then like shortened and then remixed and made backwards. And like <laughs> you wind up with this handle that bears no resemblance to your original name. That, yeah, I've been a Dazzer all my life. That's just Dazza. who I am. Dazza. Right. I think I was I was about three or four minutes old before I was Christian Dazza. So my uncle did it. <laughs> they like, already forgot your name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my mum came right. out. She goes, "Yes, brand new kid named Darren." My uncle went Dazza, and that was it. Dazza. The doctor immediately. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a Dazza. He's a real stunner. They got some yeah. beer. They uh, baptized me with some beer, and I was off. <laughs> Which just standard practice down under, don't oh, you know? Obviously. Right. obviously. Yeah. Makes sense <laughs> to me. All right. We have a question. Thank you, Outback Stu. Terminator versus Bats. Who wins? Oh. Standard T800. Uh, you're talking the, about the T800? Yeah, I, I assume standard mm. T800, maybe just the, the, the endoskeleton. But. The Terminator was always made to be so um, it, well, impervious, relentless. Re relentless, and and just resilient. Like it could it could sus yeah, sustain enormous amounts of damage and keep on killing, you know, keep keep pursuing its objective to terminate. Whereas the Battle Android Troopers, sadly, were always cannon fodder. They were always like easily dispatched, and that was their function in a in a kids' cartoon to just be this. This enemy that you can just mow down an entire row of and have total impunity. What, what See, was the um, line? I'm the what was the line from the comic uh, when they were attacking the GI Joe headquarters? They throwing the bats out, and one of the Tele Vipers, no Techno Vipers, says to the other one, "You know, it get some of them get total, but it doesn't matter because it costs cheaper to make a bat than to train a trooper." Yeah. That's issue 130. That is the very first issue of G.I. Joe I ever read. Thank Whoa. you, Darren. Good callback, man. Absolutely. Some of them get totaled. So what? It costs yeah. less than to train and maintain a Viper, I think is yeah. the, the quote verbatim. <laughs> Clearly, I read that issue way too many times. Oh, it was one of the best issues, too. Because, again, you have Cobra Commander actually shooting one of his subordinates. Um, he pulls a gun on the Viper, but I don't I'm think sure. he I thought you said Casey's come out. Ah, uh, you think it's issue 119, written oh, by Herb Trippy. Mm. He didn't mind killing Because I thought they did that, the bit where the guy says, oh, this has been too easy. And he goes, I won't stand for that in the ranks and shoots him. Oh, wow. Jeez, okay, maybe that was the, the, the issue after 130, because... Hey, in my comic reading days as a child, like I'd pick up a scrappy issue here and there. There weren't comic book stores in South Africa. So we, we basically read whatever we could find at uh, news agents and cafes. Randoms, yeah. Randoms. So like I never read issue 131. Imagine my disappointment, Darren, as an adult reading that issue and realizing exactly what a... Ah, it's, it's a giant fuck you to the audience, basically. Like Cobra Commander's mission was never to destroy the pit in the first place. It was just no. to kind of test his, I don't know, his jamming technology. Stealth, his stealthy technology, yeah. I just it love that. It's like he he could have quite <laughs> happily done it, but we'll pull back now. Yeah, just in case. No, man, come on. Just do it. 
<laughs> but no, I, I commiserate with, with Larry at that point because I was constantly the guy in my childhood playtimes trying to put the brakes on my very, very enthusiastic friends who were like, he's right in my sights. So let me just pull the trigger, Can't kill the commander, kill and that'll be the end of the game. I'm like, I'm trying to create longevity. I'm trying to create continuity. I want this game to progress. I want to be able to meet up next weekend and pick up where we left off and not have to start again from the start. Yeah, reset. Oh, That's boo. not good. So, yes, yeah, so Larry was like, basically had to find his way out of this ridiculous plot dead end. It's like, yes, Cobra could win the day. But no, they've got to <laughs> make yeah. it all about something else. Mm, so close. We've got another matchup from Stu. You've Ooh. on all cylinders today, sir. Thank you. Crocmaster versus Crocodile Dundee. Darren, <laughs> what are you saying, buddy? Well, I think that what's going to happen is he will release the Crocs. Crocodile Dundee will tame the Crocs. And the two of them will realize they have so much in common that they go out and have a beer or several. Huh. That's a good twist. But Crocmaster strikes me as such a weirdo. <laughs> have you watched Crocodile Dundee? Okay, point taken. <laughs> I haven't in many, many years. Okay, right. No, maybe they'll they'll be bros, man. I could see it. They both will well, enjoy if I hanging out with lots of crocodiles. <laughs> Personally, I choose Crocodile Dundee because his knife has is, is got to be bigger than Crocmaster's. It is a big knife. Crocmaster's whip is bigger than <laughs> Dundee's. I don't know, man. Like, it seems like they, they might have a lot to talk about. So, yeah, they, they were probably I, I think, yeah, Darren's a blossoming bromance. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, but no. Sorry, Al, Stu, I forgot to answer. Yes, I, the T-800 would win that fight just because it lasts longer and it's got better weapons because they're from the future. Yeah, absolutely. What about... Yeah, it's tough. What if there were like a whole bunch of bats? Would they eventually win? Uh, you'd need a lot of bats. you need a lot of bats. But yep, they do have a lot of bats. explode like paper mache. Just, I mean, eventually those explosions are going to wear down the T-800. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think T-800 will still win. For sure. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I think I'll move the agenda on to... Uh, oh dear, Rob. Um, do you have a love and scoopful from last episode that you'd like to well, bring to our attention? Well, not from the last episode, actually. Oh. From the last video that we put out, which okay. I actually I, mean, I thought was more interesting. We talked about the Action Force sticker album. Um that uh, came from out of Greece. Mm. And I did, yeah, it, it was amusing because someone actually um, decided to do the quick kick yoga routine along with us. <laughs> and that was Buttface69. He says, I just did quick kicks yoga with you guys after my morning gym trip. I feel like I have to, I've got to get tough now. <laughs> yo, yo. Yo, yo. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone scratching their heads, proper experience. Rob and I happened upon this <laughs> sticker album, which was what you would use all the stickers that you got in um, action figure card backs, or not card backs, inside the bubbles, in fact, if you had an action force figure from, I think, about 1988 to 89. 
Um, this sticker album has a bunch of interesting things. It's got a, a, a chart giving you Morse code and the phonetic alphabet. It's got Beachhead survival techniques. You're spoiling the whole video. It's got this amazing catalog shot of like the action figures posed very cleverly. They're kind of interacting with one another. Like at one point, a shipwreck is using his line to kind of hook a dreadnought and, <laughs> and yank his feet out from under him. So clearly the photographer had a blast setting that up. But the thing that really excited me was there was a quick kick workout routine. Um, and I just, I had to, I forced Rob to do it. So we, we run outside into the garden and, um, and, and we did these exercises. I mean, we didn't do high reps, so, you know, we didn't really get the pump. <laughs> But it was fun to to run around on the lawn and, and I don't know jog on the spot and do downward dog with my buddy. <laughs> That's a yoga pose, guys. Get your mind out of the yeah. gutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Responses though, awesome, awesome. If you would like a comment uh, read out by Rob, be sure to comment on this YouTube video or any of our vids. It might catch Robbie's eye, and you might be his loving scoopful of oh. the week. <laughs> Right on, man. On the way out, I would just like to thank our patrons, the guys that support us over on patreon.com. They are our Bergforce, and we are very grateful for them. They keep us uh, Especially in that stream yards. Yep, yeah. that guy. He's a nice guy. I like him. Mm -hmm. Damn. <laughs> Help pay, pay for the various ginches and gonches that uh, G.I. Joburg needs. Plus, occasionally even afford us a new toy or two, perhaps. Mm. Thanks, Bergforce. And I guess um, we're going to... The elephant in the room is the fact that Paul is not here. He is driving from Cape Town to Johannesburg as we speak. He's going home, ladies and gentlemen, after a wild week with Rob and I. Whoa. We... Did some things, Ooh. and we will be unveiling them, and releasing them. It. Hell yeah! No, we definitely filmed some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> just, 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 the... just not the incriminating parts. <laughs> That's right. So They'll Paul be starting their Joburg only fans on the next channel. <laughs> oh man! Over at Bongos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And finally, Darren, thank you for joining us. Cool news. Thank you for having me. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for Thank enlightening you for suggesting. Yeah, for suggesting. I mean, the, the topic. I, I, I'd have, I had a really good time reading that story, and it has kind I'm of like glad. opened up my eyes as to like how more interesting a world Giorgio could be with um with having known the story earlier on. I think I would encourage anyone listening to this who hasn't taken the plunge, as it were, yeah. and checked Life out. for the Baron, there's nothing stopping you. Literally, you don't have to pay a dime. It's all there online for free. Um, read it. It really is fantastic stuff. Consistently good art. And, yeah. I always regard it as a kind of a palate cleanser because, I mean, without once again getting into too much detail, the world of A-Raw in, in print in comic books has somehow started to get a little stale <laughs> the same uh, tropes and ideas and concepts and characters being recycled ad infinitum you flip and the script and you head over the pond and back in the 80s like there was a totally different appreciation a totally different vein of gi joe slash action force happening mm. 
mm. um, concurrently. It's yeah. an interesting what if to think if that was perhaps the the dominant um, canon and we've got a further continuation of that. Hey, maybe it would be an interesting future topic. And as you say, it complements, the, the backstory complements the ARA and G.I. Joe stories anyway, so it works well. Mm. And might just send you down the rabbit hole of a whole new collection of toys. I Yay! Mean, if, if, the, if the recent Skeletron Roboskull fundraiser oh. hasn't already whet your appetites, yeah, there's a treasure trove out there, guys. Yeah, they need Next to redo the ra- redo the uh, shadow track for me. Ah, oh, yes. There's an interesting vehicle there. I don't know. I've, I've I've yet to find the love. Maybe I need to get one in hand. Maybe then it will become all too apparent. Hell yeah! Because it can't just be nostalgia, making that vehicle important. It's there's got to be more to it. Got to be more. Mm. Tell me though, it had fewer like detachable parts. Than the AF5, like the AF5, didn't that have like turbines under the wings? Yeah, um, the Shadow Track. You actually, Shadow Track didn't have the wings. Um, oh. You had missiles on the side instead. Uh, ah. but, huh. But then, uh, in the issue that we've just read, wasn't there a flying Shadow Track at one point? No, uh, I'm misremembering. No. You might be no, misremembering. No, they just use that. Hyenas, which is the um, yes. Yeah, they do. They have. A hyena, which mm. was became the hiss. Uh, their version. You know what I'm misremembering? I what? saw an AF5 in one of Mark van Leeuwen's Dio stories recently. That's uh, what I'm thinking about. Uh, mm. You see, dude, it's just too much Joe in your head, dude. Too much. Well, can is that a thing? I mean, on on the way out, I just want to say that I'd been going through a funk. And just not feeling enthusiastic about toys because oh, no. while I was here with my collection, I did feel kind of smothered by exactly how much upkeep needed to be done. Firstly, dusting was a chore mm. and, and rinsing three years worth of dust off of things, then determining which figures needed newer O-rings and then determining which had stripped screws and could not have their O-rings replaced. Like it's been a stressful couple of weeks from that point of view, just kind of maintaining this 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 aging pile of plastic. But having Paul and Rob here with me again and having all the license to actually just enjoy the collection and play with them. Yeah, guys, I'm I'm loving toys again. I'm a happy boy. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Proud of you, that's positive. He's back. Yeah. He's back, baby. And I'm like going to locations and thinking of cool ways to shoot things now. Whether I actually get around to it is anybody's guess. I mean, ah, we'll make it happen. Dadding, guys. Dadding. <laughs> dadding but... takes up a lot of time. I didn't realize that. It does. It's all the time. But I think this is a positive enough note to leave it on. I am a very happy boy, as I say. I feel invigorated by having my friends with me and uh, also by knowing that our great friends around the world. Present company included. Thank you, Darren. Woo-hoo. It's good to have made your acquaintance, man. Thank you for uh, being part of our Berg Force, man. Joining us on this adventure. Always. Proper cobbler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bonza. 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 <laughs> well, without further ado, I think it's time to hit a gigantic yo Joe. Joe. Yes, boy. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Later, you criminals. <laughs>